Original Sin by Lydia Michaels is on sale right now for 99 cents. It's the first book in the Order of the Vampires. Adam Hartzell has always been an honorable immortal, but the fine line between right and wrong begins to blur when he is called to his true mate. If he does not find and claim her soon, he will lose his soul and humanity. Transforming into a vile predator controlled by insatiable bloodlust, sentenced to a demonic and tortured eternity as a vampire. Adam sets out on a quest to hunt his mate and claim her before it's too late. His salvation relies on his destined mate's surrender, but when she refuses to cooperate, Adam must set aside his morals and do what is needed to survive. Time's slipping away with his control, and his territorial instincts refuse to let her go. Annalise Snow awakens on a primitive farm removed from modern civilization and in fear of her life. Her captor is determined to keep her prisoner and believes he is somehow entitled to her future, but she will not surrender easily. When Adam asks for the ultimate sacrifice, she must decide if he lives or he dies. Passion and emotion collide in an explosive meeting of destined souls, but love is never guaranteed, especially when eternity begins with betrayal. Original Sin Book One in the Order of the Vampires by Lydia Michaels, on sale now for 99 cents. Go grab it, lady listeners. Welcome back to another week of Remy Romance. Hey, lady listeners. We're so excited. We have Jenny Evans this week. She has a brand new book that she's brought us. It's called Destined. And we're going to tell you all about that in a little bit. But you're getting the brand new book again this week. Who are we? (laughs) Let me say, so last night I go downstairs, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm walking past Isabel. She's in the bathroom downstairs. She's got her hair in this weird ponytail. And I'm just like, whatever. And I walk past (laughs) her. She goes, can I cut my hair into a mullet? And I go, no. And then I kept walking. I was headed to the fridge. I was like, wait, I don't care. It's your hair. Do whatever you want. (laughs) Yeah, I was oh, like, there's no way I could have let that go. I was like, what do I care? It's not my hair. You're the one that's got to walk around with it. Yeah, true, but what if but I think really... the mullets are back. They are back. They're definitely back. Do you know Frankie Love? She did mm-hmm. it. She got a mullet because she she posted something when she did it. And she was like, I have wanted this haircut for like a decade. And she's like, oh I've God. never had the balls to do it. Like she fucking went for it. But she looks like like a badass, like tough 80s chick. Yeah. Like it's really, it looks fucking good on her. Like with her style, she's got that like bohemian style and stuff. I mean, just she's fucking rocking it. And then, like, the day after she cut it, she had to do, oh, this is really cool. She did a Zoom, a Zoom, like, a party. It was a murder mystery party. And so, the hairstyle, she did, like, a 1920s style. And she kind of just pinned up the back. So, the front was all short. And she, like, swept it. It was so cute. I was like, fuck off. You've gotten two good hairstyles in one. <laughs> like, it was so good. But, again, this was something like, like, if I cut my hair like that, I would have just... It would just be a horrible. massive, just a, a massive mop. 
it wouldn't even be like it wouldn't even be beautiful like an mm-hmm. afro you know with like actual curls mm-hmm. it would just be like a thick you know how your husband's hair is when he grows it yes. out how it just goes like out straight that's, up yeah that's how my brother's is when he grows it, his has to get to like here before it'll lay down yeah and that's how mine would do the exact same thing because it's like but she it's did like, it it wasn't too bad looking really she actually I did said, it? i said i said it's your hair do whatever you want but i better not find one piece of hair in that bathroom <laughs> I would have said it too. You better clean up your mess. But- so because I I used to so long ago, like, be very, like, the kids need to dress right. They need to do yeah. this. And, and yeah. then I, I got to a point where I was like, why? Wear You're right. whatever you want. You're right. Cut your hair however you want. I don't care. Even, like, mm-hmm. Peyton, he had these gold shoes that lit up. They were ridiculous. Isabel didn't want to go out in public with him. I'm <laughs> Are you serious? What does that matter? And I'm like, I don't care. Fine. I don't. You want to wear like, that? Well, you got you a mullet. Like you want to go? On. I'll <laughs> tell them when I think they look ridiculous. But if they say I'm fine, I'm like, all right. Okay. I mean, what can you say to that? Just okay. Go but for I it. But I will say it's nice having mm-hmm. Just let it go. Letting it go. Yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, you know, there's, I will say like my youngest one, she's just been so strong willed. But the problem with that is like, it's not that I want to control what she wears. It's she has a problem with everything that's on her body. And I don't know if it was like, maybe she has like small sensory issues or something like that. But it's like the things that touch her skin have to be very specific. And I, maybe it's just her personality that she's like, I know what I want and I need you to recognize that and give it to me but we have a struggle every morning about what's she gonna wear I mean I I let her go to school and whatever the fuck she wants I mean she wore shorts the other day when it was freezing but she put on tall socks that went up to her thighs she's wearing (laughs) like thigh highs basically to school and I was like I give up (laughs) you know but she's got it in her mind that's what she wants to wear that's the end of it yeah. You know, I they're about their hair. I feel like maybe they're still too young to be like, I want a mullet. You know, yeah. like I don't know if I could let that I'd just be like, Oh my god, your hair's yeah. so long. She's like fifteen. I'm like Yeah, Where? true. And then that's the time to do I really the now oh shit, I saw this thing the other day on the podcast. His wife got braces and he was like we talked about it. He was like, If you're gonna do it, now's the time. You're always wearing a fucking mask. Yeah. And I was like, God, that's so true. Like, if you're going to cut your hair in a mullet, now's the fucking time. Because really, why not? Okay. So, I know you don't watch 90 Day Beyonce, but no. they're doing 90 Day Single Day. And there's this girl on there. She is hot. Ass, boobs, whatever. She's admitted yeah. to dating 80-year-olds, whatever. Holy shit. This, that. And Get that money, girl. On, she's been on there for a couple of years. And... She has braces, and under her braces, her teeth look really nice. I'm like, yeah. I, and so I was Googled. I was like, when is she going to get these braces off? Because she's like 28, 29, or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And somebody said they're fake. What? They were like, they're fake. And I was like, what? And then somebody else said, she once said that the older guys seem to like them. But she didn't say they were fake, but she did say the older guys seem to like them. So I'm like, is it like a daddy thing? Like a fetish? 
that she can look like a lot younger with braces. Oh my god, we should get braces, Mel. Let's do no, it. Let's my mind was like blown. See. I was like, she's right. It does look younger. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. But, but she didn't confirm or deny that they were real or not. She just said what? the older I'm guys like, seem to like it. I'm a little turned on right now by this thought. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what yeah. the fuck? Oh my god, that's such an idea. It is. Let's write it into a book. I know. I was like, I never wrote a girl with braces. I know. I don't think we ever had. Well, when they were younger, like, you know. Yeah. But, oh, my God. I can't imagine. I, my mind is spinning right now. You're giving me too much to think about. <laughs> but you know what? If you're thinking about getting braces, maybe now's the time to do it. Because yeah. you're wearing a mask all the time. So who cares? Um, I made a note for myself to mention we have, um, I'm covered up right now, which is why I mentioned it. We have a lady listener who is doing blankets for the podcast. Hold on. I have it right now so you can see this one. I already boxed yours up so you can't see it. Sorry. Wait, hold on. This is upside down. Shit. I should just send Lola a picture instead of doing, <laughs> instead of doing this. <laughs> yeah. This would be so It's really you. pretty. It's it looks so, soft, It is too. so, it's much bigger than I thought it was going to be. This one says lady listener. And there's another one that says, this is my reading blanket. And it has like this really pretty like rainbow book on it. And there's Did another Did you mail it to me yet? It's right here. I mean, I boxed it up today. Send you me said down. you went to the post office yesterday. I, I did. I, did that. I didn't have it boxed up yesterday. Rewind the tape. <laughs> <laughs> Let the record show. So anyways, we have the, and then the, she even made ones that say, fuck your day up. And I think she's going to make some stickers to go on her website or on her Etsy page. The Etsy page is Southern Sun Designs. And it's Brittany. She's in um, our Read Me Romance did headquarters. Do we not have stickers already? We do. We have some that I give away. I usually put them. Oh, okay. We don't have them for sale because she asked me. She said, she said, do you want me to just make you some and you can sell them on your website? I was like, well, we had some made, but I usually put them when people order stuff or get books or, you know, they win prizes. I'll stick them down in there because we didn't have a ton. And I was like, if you want to make them, I don't care. Like, yeah, I always get them when the sticker place sends me a coupon. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. I'll randomly get them. So it'll be like <laughs> a really good deal. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So there, I told her, I said, we would use these for a book signing, but we don't do those anymore because it's a pandemic. Um, let me tell you about, or are you done talking about that? I'm sorry. Well, no, I was just going to say real quick. I did see that um, Abby, uh, Abby Glines is going to a Canadian book signing in 2022. Like there's one that's, ha it's like can a Canadian romance in the Rockies and it's happening <laughs> in Canada. So just FYI, anybody, if you want to look forward to a book signing, I did see that that's one that's happening in 2022. It's June, Where can so. they find the blankets? Oh, you can find them on her Etsy page, or I linked them in our um, Read Me Romance headquarters group. I put the link in there, but the Etsy page is Southern Sun Designs. I'll put so. that link in the show notes. Today. Oh, okay. Good idea. Yeah. So if you guys just scroll down. It'll and she down has there. like the cutest stuff. She has like tons of like t-shirts and like other stuff that she makes. She's got the cutest designs. So get you that. What were you going to tell me? Go ahead. So I just thought this was like the sweetest thing that one of the sweetest things my husband's ever done. So uh -oh. the other day I get up and he's still in bed. I get up. I put my hearing aids in. I'm like, I'm getting good about putting my hearing aids on the charger before I go to bed. And he's like, no, you're not. He's like, yes, I am. I'll stop you like, right there. I know you're not. He's like, no. When I come to bed.
that I check your ears and take them out. Oh, and put them so on the sweet. charger. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I've been doing it for weeks. <laughs> That's so romantic. He's like, you're also, always losing them in the bed and stuff. Also, of course you didn't realize that you weren't doing it yourself. <laughs> that you thought you were just so, you were killing it. <laughs> of course. Of but I was course. just like, that's the sweetest thing ever. Oh, that is it's just a small thing, thing but it, it felt. Is. Well, like, and it means such a big deal, too, that, well, not only did you feel really accomplished for doing that, but, like, you wake up and you're like, I have them. They're charged. I'm ready for the you day. Usually, yeah, I'll have to walk around the first few hours without them. I'll put them on the charger. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Way to go, husband. I like that. Or maybe he's getting tired of yelling at me in the morning. <laughs> or me waking him up. Or he's still sleeping. I'm like, my hearing aid's in here. And I'm like shaking the blankets out. Roll over. Yeah, he's tired of that. That's probably more likely. But even if his reasons are selfish, it's very nice. So speaking of husbands, I went to Charlotte this weekend with my husband. I I went and took my par- my kids to my parents' house. I drove like six hours on Friday to take the kids down there and then drive back and then get my husband and we went to Charlotte and we stayed in a hotel room there for two nights because I was like, I said, I just want to be away from the house. Yeah. And it was so nice. Like we, like, here's the thing. I think he thought this was going to be like a sexy weekend. <laughs> and then, but when we got there, neither one of us wanted a sexy weekend. We just laid in the bed and it was wonderful. We went to, um, went to this place downtown that has like uh really good seafood and we ordered like king crab legs and like i mean it was like we celebrated birthdays anniversaries every yeah. we did it all at one time yeah. we we're like legitimate but we haven't done this in nine months we're fucking doing it You're and like, he was bring like bring all the appetizers hey seriously we ordered two appetizers and then he was like well i really want this but i want this i said get both who gives yep. a shit and he did he got that and he got them to add on you're gonna die melissa they had a fried lobster tail and you dipped it in lobster bisque was the dipping sauce you dipped it in i hate lobster that shit was fucking good oh my god the only way you could have made it better i thought you were gonna say they dipped it in truffle butter oh no they had they had truffle butter that was one of the things you could add to your steak was you could get truffle butter and crab on it Listen, this place is fucking good. I can't remember. It's like McCormick and Schmicks or something. I can't remember. I was so jealous that I asked my husband, I was like, what do we need to do to make crab legs? So I always get it when I go out and I love it. Yeah, yeah. And he ordered a few things and we're having them Friday. Fuck yeah. I was like, I haven't had crab legs since before the quarantine. Same. He's like, I can do it. Oh my God. That's so good. And he's going to make creme brulee. God, he's a saint. I'm like, See, I yes. love that he's doing that at home. I would love to have had that at home. And even, like, when after we went out to eat and we went back to the hotel and laid down, I was like, I kind of wish we were in our own bed. <laughs> but, like, what was so funny about this, and this is how I know we've been married a long time, and we've been together, like, I think, like, 14 years now. I think we'll be together, like, 11 or 12 years this April. I don't fucking know. But um, we were... 
I realize that we've gotten used to multiple bathrooms in a house, that we have two bathrooms to choose from because we had one bathroom in the hotel and I ate so much and he ate so much because it was, we were like kids in a candy store. Yeah. Like we had been unleashed and we ate so much that we were both like sick to our stomach from this rich food. It was like, I mean, we'll eat out occasionally, like we'll order out food and get takeout and stuff. But for the most part, I still cook all the fucking time. Yeah. So crab legs and fried lobster and I had all this shrimp and it was like, like we just went whole fucking hog and like we paid for it like the whole night. (laughs) We were just laying in bed like miserable. (laughs) I was like, it was so good. It was worth it. It was so good. But, like, it was funny that I think maybe he had thought, like, this is going to be a romantic weekend. Instead, we're just laying in bed, like, just fat and miserable. Just, uh. But you're like, oh, it hurts so much. Where are we going to go out to breakfast? That's exactly what we did. (laughs) (laughs) So, the next day, that was Friday night. And then Saturday, we got up. But we actually, we slept in forever. We slept until, like, 1030, which we never do. Like, that's, that's, like... Three o'clock in the afternoon for yeah. somebody who sleeps in, you know, like we slept so late and um, we got up and we went to brunch and then we walked around Charlotte, just walked through the parks and stuff. And at one point he was like, I'm going to get you on one of those scooters. And I don't know, like in the major cities, like they have the yeah. little scooters. Yeah. The, the ones they're called birds here, but you can just pick one up and you scan it with a code, um, with your QR code, you scan it, you pay five bucks and you, you can ride it wherever. And then you just leave it when you're done. They have like little spots you can put them. So anyway, so I was like, I don't know, like, I don't really want to break anything. Like, you know, my hands are my money makers. Like, you know, let's not fuck with this. And he was like, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And he sort of like talked me up and he's like you can do this you can do it and I was like okay fine so I was like we'll do it after dinner so we went back to the hotel room we took a nap then we got up and we went to a bookstore like this is the greatest day I spent like an hour I know it was so I spent an hour in the in park uh park road bookstore it's a local small owned business um in Charlotte it's like I I, I don't they have all kinds of shit there like it was great I got a ton of books and so we come back and after we took a nap and everything, and then I was like, okay, well, let's go out to dinner. And so we go out and we go to a Brazilian steakhouse, you know, where like, they bring the meats Meat. around and they just yep. carve it off. And we were, did it again. Like we <laughs> ate until we were just sick. I was like, what's wrong with us? We, have, we can't it was stop. Like, it was like, I know. It was like, we haven't been around food. <laughs> That's what it felt like. Like we didn't know how to act. And so after dinner, I got on one of the scooters and let me tell you, it was so fucking fun. We rode all over. The stars were out. The lights were out on the city. Like, it was a cool night, but it wasn't freezing. And I had I was bundled up and everything. And we just rode side by side, like, on these scooters, like, through town. And I was like, I can't say, this is so fun. This is so fun. <laughs> like, it was like, oh, my God, we haven't been out of the house in so long. Like That's it was, awesome. it was magical. It was such a fun night. And I was just like, I was like, I really like you, <laughs> you know, which I don't know if I think about that often. If it's like, yeah. oh, you know, that I like spending time with you and it, and it was like, it was just so fun. 
<sighs> it was magical. And then um, on Sunday, before we went to get the kids, we went to a pancake house and we stuffed our faces again. But we actually, uh, what was fun about that is there was like a newspaper stand there where you could just take one. And so we grabbed a newspaper before we went to our table and we um, we worked a crossword puzzle in it. And I couldn't remember. This just all the, sounds so adorable. It was so, it was, it was like, um, other than the crazy splurge on dinner, it was a relatively inexpensive weekend. We didn't really do a ton, but it, it was so cute to like, just sit there and laugh and worked. We worked the whole crossword puzzle. And I can't remember like the last and time we put our, yes, and we put our phones down and we just looked at each other and talked and laughed and. It was, oh God, it was amazing. It, like, it lifted my spirit so much. We came home and I was just like, I feel like a new person, you know? Mm. God, I just didn't realize, like, how much we needed that, you know? Yeah. It, it was insane. It was such a good time. So, oh, I can't, I can't suggest it enough. Just to, just to even go out and have that really nice dinner. My God, that was just fantastic. So, I will say, oh, one of the other stores we went to um, before uh, we rode scooters, we went to, it was a plant store, and they just sold plants, and I was like, this is a thing now? And they were like, yeah, everybody is, like, really into plants. They are. <laughs> so, they are. There was, like, one plant there that was in a bucket, and it wasn't big or anything, and it was, like, 150 bucks. And I was like, what does this do? And I the woman Celia has gone to crazy lengths to get stuff before. Oh, the woman there said she was like, plants have gone up 11 times what they normally cost because of the pandemic. And she said, everybody's just doing plants and stuff at home now. And she was like, this, there's just the cost has gone up and up and up because you can't find them. Somebody like, stole her fuck? orange tree and she lost it. <gasps> no like, shit. Like it was set aside for her to come back and get yeah. And somebody else had snagged it off. She Did like, she pay for it? Yeah, she'd already, they just had to give her a refund. Oh, shit, that sucks. Well, she probably can't find another one, though. That's the thing. Uh, she ended up finding one later. Oh, okay. I don't know if it survived uh, Texas winter. Oh, God. <laughs> the freeze of, of 2121. But, um, but, yeah, so I have this African violet. And I've had it since I, I think since we were first married. So I've probably had it like at least 12 years. I've had this plant and it's been in the same little pot this whole time. And it's the only plant in my house. I have one plant and that's this fucker. And it's because I haven't killed it. That's the only reason I still have it. Cause I will kill anything that doesn't eat my food. So it's like, if you're going to eat this dinner, you'll live. But if not, you're dead. Yeah. So I went in and I talked to this old man who was, he had to be seven and a half feet tall. He was the tallest old man I've ever seen in my life. And he kind of reminded me a little of Gandalf. <laughs> but I go back there and we're talking and we talk for like 30 minutes about this plant because I'm like, look, I can't kill it. It means a lot to me. <laughs> it's the only one I've kept alive. Tell me what to do. And so we talked for a while and he, he gave me a lot of tips and suggestions. And so I bought a new pot to put it in. So I'm going to try to transplant it into the new pot this weekend. To, that So it's bigger. And if it dies, I'm just going to lose it. It's just. I was just thinking that you're probably going to transplant it. And then it's like. Gone. I know. I'm like, what if I, maybe I should wait until next year. <laughs> like it's been so long. What does it matter? But it actually looks like it's. 
Like, it's growing up now. And he's like, well, if it grows up, that means it's not getting enough sunlight. So you need to move it. And I was like, okay, but it's still, like, way overgrown in this tiny little pot. It's things huge. And it's had babies on the inside. And he, oh, uh, I said, I said, there's new petals growing on the bottom in the soil. And he was like, oh, it had babies. And I was like, I'm not ready to be a grandmother. <laughs> he, just, he didn't think it was funny. So that joke didn't land. So... Let's talk about Jenny Evans and while we're here today. I will say Jenny Evans is a new author to me. We talked a few times and she said, I have this book. It's done. Like, uh, I, I, want it go on, I want it to go on the podcast. How do I make that happen? And we're like, let's dance. So she has, I believe she has four books and, and they're all in Kenwell Unlimited. So I'll read you her book bio or her author bio. And then I'll tell you about one of her books that she has in Kendall Unlimited right now. <clears throat> so here's Jenny Evans in her book bio. Author Jenny Evans is a wife and mom during the day, but at night she writes about magical lands filled with sexy paranormal beings. Reading has always been her passion. When finding her favorite style of books became a problem, she decided to write a few of her own. So she has a series that's up on Amazon right now, like I said, it's in KU. The first book in the series is called A Reason to Stay, A Raven Falls Shifter Romance, book one. And the book by to that, just in case you guys are interested in like new paranormal, this one says, for some, the darkness calls to them. It welcomes them with open arms. For other, it smothers them. It holds them captive. Marisol lived a life in the latter. When she finally gets the courage to flee the life she's been trapped in, she takes her daughter as far away as she can to protect them both. The last thing she expected to find was a town full of shifters. Oh, and one of them is her mate. Family, work, sleep, eat. Dorian's life has been pretty simple until the day he meets a little girl in a forest. Then, in a flash, everything changes. His mate, her daughter, and their happiness becomes his number one priority. He goes from construction blueprints to coloring books overnight. When outside forces threaten to tear them apart, he decides to fight like hell to keep her and his newly formed family. Welcome to Raven Falls, a small southern town where everything is not as it seems. Wolves, bears, and witches. Oh, my. You sold me. Is that not the sweetest? Yes. I what just, do you think? Blueprints to coloring books? Hey, yes, that's what I was going to say. That's what got me. I was like, oh, that's adorable. Right? I was like, okay, immediately, I love it. So yeah. she has a book that she brought us um, this week. It's called Destined, and I'll read you the book blurb to that one just so you can get a feel for this one. Um, this one's Urban Fantasy Meets Paranormal. She was supposed to protect him. That's what guardian angels do. She was supposed to have, she wasn't supposed to have feelings for him. Can Aurora figure herself out, or will fate step in and lend a hand? Urban Fantasy Meets Paranormal in this slow burn treat. Dustin features a confused guardian angel, a human who's not so human, and a mixture of other magical creatures. So... That's awesome that she's brought us that here today. I think it may be the start of a new series as well. Um, she's doing a $25 Amazon gift card as her giveaway this week. So be sure to check all that out. But um, we will go into the first installment and then we'll tell you some other stuff afterwards. I already clicked it. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't see how many pages it was. I, I didn't it remember. Was I didn't... 200. Oh, that's perfect then. Okay, great. Oh, my God. I can't wait for you to tell me how it is. Okay. <laughs> we'll see you guys on the other side. Bye. Bye. This is Destined, the hybrid saga prequel by Jenny Evans. Read for you by Avery Reed. Chapter 1. 
Aurora. I lost my human. Crap. This isn't good. The council is going to be furious if something happens. I don't even know how he slipped past me. Last I checked, he was mingling with others at the party. His future showed him staying another hour before he was to head home. I would never have started daydreaming if I'd known the plans would change. They rarely do once I check a vision. As a guardian angel, my job is to ensure the safety and guidance of my assigned human. Dante Reed has been my assignment for the last three years. It's been the hardest three years of my existence. I've never wanted to be anything other than what I am. I've always enjoyed my work, taking joy in watching the humans interact with each other. It really is quite fascinating. But watching Dante does other things to me. Things that shouldn't be possible given angels don't get human urges. It's explicit in the bylaws. We don't feel or act like the humans do. Somehow, though, Dante makes me feel. At over six feet tall, he's built like a brick wall, his form immovable. Long black hair flows down past his shoulders, the strands forming the slightest hint of wave if you pay close enough attention. His body is covered in tattoos, symbols and images etched on his flesh like artwork. Bright green eyes and a chiseled jawline complete the package. He'd be intimidating if I didn't know that he's one of the most protective humans I've ever seen in my long years in this role. Other humans see his large tattooed frame and assume the worst. It has made for a somewhat lonely life for my charge. Except for tonight. The new guy at the factory Dante works for invited him to a party. When I checked his future the first time, he'd passed to enjoy a night at home. The next day, though, he changed his mind and told the newcomer that he'd tag along. That was the first time his future didn't match the prediction I was shown. Tonight is the second. Both times revolve around this party and the new guy who seems to have an interest in Dante. Something feels off. Something big. I have to find Dante fast. Running swiftly over the rooftop, I jump over the edge, the wind whipping through my short golden hair. I plummet down the side of the massive structure, arms spread wide with my eyes closed as the wind whips around me. When the ground edges closer, I push forward, the large white feathered wings on my back spreading wide, lifting me up from my imminent doom. My wings began to move up and down, the force pushing me higher and higher until I'm back above the buildings in the city. Closing my eyes again, I let my connection to Dante lead me. At first, there's just blackness surrounding me, but then I see a spark of light. When the image of the connection clears, I realize he is walking near the park by his home. Relief floods me at the thought of him heading home. It's an odd feeling, one I barely recognize. My body, so in tune to the connection I have with my charge, begins to soar toward his location. As I'm watching, I can sense a shift in the air around where he is. There's nothing near him from what I can see, but darkness lurks nearby. While I work to reach him, I watch as two figures move from the shadows behind where Dante is walking. I'm too far away to intercede, too far to cast a net of protection over him against whatever darkness is afoot. The wings at my back push harder, 
the need to get back to him even more serious now. It's my job to protect him. He can't get hurt. I may not know traditional human emotions, but I know that I would feel a loss if Dante were injured. I wouldn't be able to watch harm come to him without feeling something. The shadows move forward at a quicker pace as Dante scrolls through his cell phone, his brow furrowed at the screen. His shoulders are hunched, his posture almost angry as he taps away at the small device. I wish humans had never invented those foolish things. They've disrupted more life plans, veering millions from their intended life course since their introduction. I'm less than two blocks away when the unthinkable happens. One of the men stalking Dante moves rapidly, a bit too rapidly, as in not human rapidly. The speed at which he moves is of the supernatural kind. Too quickly, he's got Dante in a hold, one arm wrapped over his chest and tightening against his arms, the other holding his head and tilting it to the side. The pose is one I haven't seen in almost a millennium. Sure, we know that vampires are still in existence. The Council is aware of all supernatural beings that move about in this world. They'd be foolish to pretend we are the only species. In the case of vampires, there is a tracker assigned to monitor their movements, ensuring there is no influx of biting or attacks against humans. I doubt they know about this particular pair of vampires, though. They would have warned all angels in this area if there was a potential threat of this kind. My wings glide through the air, the strip of park coming into view. From a distance, I watch in horror as the second man accelerates, his body racing forward, fangs bared, eyes glowing red. He dives into Dante's neck as my charge lets out a piercing yell. The pain he feels so powerful it almost knocks me from the sky. The vampire holding him covers his mouth quickly, a wicked smile forming as if the sound of his cries brings him joy. The two of them move quickly, switching places as Dante's body begins to sag, the blood loss becoming too much for him to withstand. Anger wells inside of me, overtaking the concern I felt before. My wings thrust forward, their feathers rippling through the wind as I dive to stop the attack. When I get close enough, the two vampires turn to look at me. You see, that part about us knowing about them, well... It's a two-way street. They know we exist. They also know that we are formidable when they threaten our charge. Shocked by my sudden appearance, the two of them release a staggering Dante, letting him fall over into the grass beside us. His body folds forward, but I can still feel his pulse, the staccato rhythm like a beacon of hope. These bloodsuckers didn't take everything from him. What brings you out here tonight, love? The one that originally grabbed Dante looks at me with a smirk, his lips covered with the blood of the man I'm charged to, with the blood of the man I love. I shouldn't be able to, but somehow I do. I love Dante Reed with all that I am. You are breaking the treaty by being here. Leave. Now. My words are clipped to show my irritation. Clenching my fists relieves some of the anger welling up inside of me, but it doesn't dispel completely. It won't until I know Dante is safe. Now, now, love, don't be that way. We were just wanting a little snack. 
We didn't feel any protection around him and thought he was fair game. Had we known, we would have ignored him completely. So it's not really our fault, now is it? His smirk turns cold, his red eyes glowing brightly at his teasing. His partner remains silent, his expression one of boredom, almost as if this happens often enough that it's no surprise to be caught this way. Not taking his bait, I push forward with my own question. What are your names? Well, aren't you a polite one? My name is David, and this here is my friend Lex. We have been traveling around the world for centuries, exploring the fun these humans keep coming up with. It's really a shame you can't feel all of the wonderful things they have to offer. He speaks as if I don't know what he is talking of. Drugs, sex, love, hate. All the things we don't get to experience in this position is like a free-for-all for vampires to explore. I'd never want to trade places with them, though. They only know darkness. They only mean harm. It's a sad existence to have when your enjoyment depends on the suffering of another. I'm well aware what you speak of, David. I suggest you and your friend, Lex, move on to a different area. You are no longer welcome here. You don't really have a say in that, do you, love? David, who was previously standing next to Lex, moves with his increased speed to come over to me. He stands toe-to-toe -to -toe with me, his body towering over my five-foot-five frame as he looks down with a wickedness I've never seen before. Knowing he wants to further harm Dante is the only thing keeping me in this battle of wills. Just thinking of my charge has the anger within me rising again. David's eyes widen as my own begin to glow white, my wings stretching out beside me to their full width. Electricity sparks from my palms, the bolts crackling as I reach up and grab his head with both hands. His body begins to shake as I push my magical energy through him, the currents causing him pain stronger than anything he's ever felt before. I've never harmed another this way, but I could not refrain this time. Look, miss, we didn't mean no trouble. David just don't know when he ought to stop. Let him go, and I'll get him out of here. Lex finally speaks, his eyes pleading with me to release his friend. My white eyes turn to him the glow brightening as my voice echoes around us. You will leave and never return. If I find you have come back, I will not hesitate to end you both. Lex nods, agreeing quickly to my demand. I release the hold I have on David, watching as he stumbles back into the other man's arms. Tossing one arm over his shoulder, Lex nods to me stiffly before using his speed to leave the scene. With those two gone, I stop the flow of power to my body. Moving over to Dante, my hands reach out to touch him. Having just used my powers, I'm able to feel him for a few fleeting moments. The energy I have to use to power my magic gives me a human-like form. Using the little time I have left, I pull all the magic in my body forward to lift him from the ground. Dante moans out as if in pain, but his eyes remain closed. I wrap his arm around my shoulder, much in the same way Lux did David. Putting most of his weight on me, I walk him the rest of the way to his apartment. When we get inside, I set him on the bed as I examine his neck. 
The bite is there, but it's no longer bleeding. Cleaning the spot, I stand there to watch him for any sign of change. I've never heard of someone being bitten and surviving. Most vampires drain the human dry, leaving them behind without the possibility of enduring the attack. Their species no longer feeds direct from the body, so when a being gets a hold of a human, they tend to become possessed by their bloodlust. The only thing I know to do is to wait and watch him. For now, he's still alive and breathing. I'll have to wait to see what happens next. Please, gods above, let him live. Don't let my mistake be his end. Chapter Two Dante Fuck. Why does my head hurt so bad? I didn't drink that much at the party last night. Maybe a glass or two of beer. Nothing strong enough to make me feel this off kilter. I wonder if someone drugged me. This hangover is too strong for it to be from only two beers. Would someone drug me, though? I'm a big guy to lug around passed out. Rolling over, I crack my eyes open to see my autographed Def Leppard poster, letting me know that I at least made it to my own bed. Don't know how I got here, but I'm thankful not to wake up in a strange place. Taking stock in the rest of my body, I notice I'm fully dressed and laying across the bed at a rather uncomfortable angle. I'd laugh at the memories this brings out from my youth if I didn't think the movement would make me want to cry. Rolling over, I push up slowly, unsure of how my stomach is taking the blow. There's no nausea, but there is an emptiness that speaks profoundly of me having not eaten for a while. I put my head in my hands, scrubbing my face, a last attempt to clear the cobwebs in my head. Looking around my apartment, I notice nothing is missing. The front door is locked with my keys in the bowl by the door. All of the lights are off except for the lamp on my bedside table. Everything speaks to my normal nightly habits. If only I could remember doing any of it. Shuffling to the kitchen, I turn on the coffee pot, the heavenly scent cascading over me, bringing a smile to my face. There's nothing quite like the magical life elixir that brews from those precious little beans. When the drip finishes, I rush to make a cup, my hands moving on autopilot to get the blend of cream and sugar just right. The caffeine will hopefully be enough to get me back to some semblance of normal. Sipping the liquid, I bask in the feel of it settling into my body, the warmth welcome as I realize suddenly that I feel really, really cold. I never get this cold. This day is already fucking weird. Part of me wonders what other surprises I'm bound to discover. My feet pad over to the thermostat to check the reading. When I press the button to check, the screen illuminates the number in bright red and I freeze. The sound of glass shattering doesn't even shake me from the moment. Red. Red eyes. Glowing red eyes. Oh, shit. I remember what happened last night. Like lightning, my feet moved me to the bathroom, the only place I have a mirror in the entire apartment. Leaning forward, I turn my head to check my neck, though I already know what I'll find. Two small bite marks. 
I blink. Then I blink again. Nope. Still there. Gently, I slide my fingers over the raised scars. Angry red skin meets my fingertips, the pain barely registering now, but the memory almost overwhelming in intensity. Thinking back, I recall exactly what led up to the attack. I'd been bored out of my mind in the party. My brain constantly floats between being an introverted homebody and wanting to be a charismatic extrovert that everyone loves. The latter was what pushed me to say yes to the invite. Within ten minutes of being there, I realized I was always going to be the introverted loner. People stared at me over the rim of their bright red cups, their eyes filled with questions they were too afraid to ask. Some wanted to know about the tattoos. Others wanted to ask what it was like to be so tall and large. None of their questions were things I really wanted to discuss. Ask me about the latest country chart topper and I could talk the night away. I might even sing a bar or two. Or ask me about the newest installation at the museum downtown and I was a well of information. Talk about who scored the winning goal in the game the night before, or about which Playboy bunny was my favorite, and you lost me. I was different in more than just my looks. Which was why the party was a bust before it ever had a chance to get started. An apology with the lame excuse of needing to get home urgently were all I could offer as I slipped from the crowded room. Hitting the pavement outside the building, I knew it was a night for a walk with how nice the weather finally was for a change. Besides, I wasn't too far from home. The distance mediocre compared to the hours I spent walking the factory floor for work. My phone went off at some point while I was walking through the park, the shortcut one I enjoyed usually. A text from the guy who invited me to the party saying I was an asshole for leaving made me frustrated. Thinking of a response had me distracted to the point that I didn't hear anything before I was grabbed. I'm a big guy, but the one who first held on to me was just as big. His strength was astounding given the thin arms I felt around me. Then his friend approached. I had a clear view of him for only a moment, his red eyes glowing as he stared at me with a bored expression. Then he opened his mouth a set of bright white fangs extending just before he leaned over me and dug them into my neck. As he broke through my skin, pain laced through me, causing a yell to erupt from me involuntarily. His other friend held me tightly, my arms banded to my body and my head angled to give them plenty of access. With the speed of the blood loss, my vision became hazy, but I do remember only brief flashes, there was a loud, booming female voice that told them to leave. I remember falling to the ground. I remember her threats to end them if they returned. But past that, I don't remember much. The red on the thermostat must have triggered my memory from the night before. So then, how the hell did I get into my house? How did I get to my bed if the last thing I remember was being bitten by... I really hate to even think it. Vampires. But why can't I remember anything else? A faint noise from behind me has me freezing. My body pivots slowly, my instincts telling me that whatever it is will be another shock to my system. No amount of mental preparation could have equipped me for what I see, though. 
Large, white-feathered wings are tucked behind a small, curvy woman. She's wearing a white blouse and slacks, and no shoes. Her eyes are closed tightly, as if she is sleeping. Her hand reaches up to run over her short-cropped hair before she stretches. Who are you, and what are you doing here? My voice is a whisper, the shock of what I'm seeing making me hesitant. She hears me, nonetheless. A set of mesmerizing hazel eyes meet mine as she abruptly awakens, her vision locking onto me, holding me captive. You can see me. Her voice is like the strongest shot of whiskey to my system. My body lights up all over, the lust inside me roaring to life with just four words. I nod at her, watching as she sits up to look at me. She straightens her clothing as her wings shift behind her. There's a soft fluttering to them as she sits, staring at me, unblinking. The move translates her nervousness in a way I find endearing. I'd smile if not for the raging lust and her sense of uneasiness, both of which are confusing. You shouldn't be able to see me. Something is wrong. Why shouldn't I be able to see you? Her teeth bite her bottom lip, causing a groan to rise in my throat. She shivers the sound having a clear effect on her, though I can't tell if it's desire or disgust. I'll figure that part out later. Tell me why I shouldn't be able to see you. Because I'm your guardian angel, Dante. You are never meant to know that I exist. Well, damn, wasn't expecting that one. Welcome back. Okay, so you guys got the first installment. I'm so excited. So like I said, that's Destined um, by Jenny Evans. Go and check out um, her book series on Kindle Unlimited. It's called A Ravenfall Shifter Romance. And I'm reading you the book bio. The first book is called A Reason to Stay. And um, go check her out. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. We'll post up all her giveaway information again so you can get in on that. Oh, go join our headquarters group and face on Facebook and join our newsletter too. So tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye.